Edinburgh, handsome city, hotbed of genius. George Eliot described it as utopia. A city of statues. The new town, neoclassical Georgian architecture, wander the streets and marvel at such beauty. And these statues, less military than other cities. Statues of Adam Smith, James Clark Maxwell. The Scott Monument. David Hume, Robert Louis Stevenson. There's even one of Sherlock Holmes. There should be one of Harry Potter. We'd go and have a cocktail on the balcony of Harvey Nicks, three or four floors up, and look down onto St Andrew's Square. Right in the middle is one of the tallest statues in Edinburgh of Henry Dundas, Viscount Melville. More about him later. In 1846, Frederick Douglass, author, anti-slavery campaigner, statesman, visited Edinburgh. I am now in one of the most beautiful cities in Europe, he wrote at the time. Everything is so different here. No insults, no prejudice. I am treated as a man and as an equal brother. He made many public appearances across the city, delivering lectures, giving speeches. Frederick Douglass was born into slavery in Maryland, USA, as Frederick Bailey in 1818. At 20, after several attempts, he escaped from slavery, traveling on a train to Free State Philadelphia and then to New York City. He was the most photographed American of the 19th century and the first Afro-American to be nominated for vice president. He wrote that he never remembered seeing his mother's face, that she was always gone too early in the morning to work. Bailey later changed his name to Douglas after a character in Walter Scott's Lady of the Lake. It was during his visit to the UK that year that his British supporters, led by Anna Richardson, bought Douglas his freedom. Until then, he was still the property of his owner, Thomas Old. Slavery would not be abolished in the United States until 1865, almost 20 years later. But it was William Wilberforce who led the campaign to abolish the slave trade completely. In 1792, Wilberforce attempted to push his bill through Parliament. It passed, but an amendment by one Henry Dundas ensured that abolition would be gradual, and by doing so allowed the slave trade to continue for another 15 years until 1807, when full abolition of the slave trade took place. 
In that time, it has been estimated, a further half a million men, women and children were enslaved. This was a direct result of Dundas's amendment. The same Henry Dundas whose statue stands in the centre of St Andrew's Square. Henry Dundas, Viscount Melville, Secretary of State for War, Home Secretary. His statue is so tall, so prominent, that Frederick Douglass must have seen it. Despite the abolition of the slave trade, full emancipation didn't come until 1833, when slaveholders were given compensation. Compensation for the loss of slaves. In Newtown, Edinburgh, compensation was allotted to owners who owned properties in many wealthy Edinburgh streets. India Street, Albany Street, 4th Street, and nearby Rodney Street. It's worth noting that there is also a Jamaica Street in Edinburgh, a street name shared by those cities who benefited from the wealth generated by the sugar and tobacco trade. There are Jamaica Streets in Glasgow, London, and Bristol. One compensation list includes 320 Edinburgh addresses belonging to 148 individuals. One homeowner in Dundas Street, named after that same man, received almost £3,000 for 194 slaves in St Anne, Jamaica. In all, the British government paid out £20 million to compensate about 3,000 families who owned slaves, the equivalent of around £16.5 today. Melville's statue still stands and, at the time of writing, no mention is made nearby of his role in delaying full abolition of the slave trade. Walk down that street named after him and ahead of you is the Firth of Forth, glittering wide towards Fife. Frederick Douglass lectured in the Rose Street Chapel, just off Dundas Street, many times. You can't help but wonder what Frederick Douglass thought of Melville, but they never met. In 1806, Melville was impeached for misappropriating public funds. Although he was acquitted, he was not completely exonerated. He never held public office again, and died in 1811, seven years before Douglass was born. Henry Dundas was the last person in Britain to be impeached. Frederick Douglass was reunited with his former owner, Thomas Old. Douglass went to see him when Old was dying. He held his hand on his deathbed. 